Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the, the Manufacturers Club. Club. I'm Sean. I'm Carl. And I'm Zaheen. And we are now moving forward from our episode three discussion of the Iron Man armor requirements and the minimally viable product. We're going to get into solution design. Now that we have all of those requirements, which we'll recover in a moment, now we want to get into how do you actually go about putting those requirements into a technological design? So some of the requirements that we nailed down are that the armor must provide some of the same basic human functionality. Mm -hmm. So it's just got to be able to breathe. It's got to be able to keep Tony's heart beating by preventing the shrapnel from advancing. You know, the, the 2008 movie went a little bit farther and built in some non-necessary uh, human functioning like missiles and a flamethrower. Mm -hmm. But we also talked about waste elimination, you know, mm -hmm. could be very important because you don't really know how long you're going to be in that armor. Yep. And we also talked about some of the non-functional requirements that aren't things that the technologies designed to do, but our requirements for the project, such as it has to be done in secrecy, because in both Tales of Suspense number 39, as well as the movie, Tony is a captive of a warlord mm -hmm. who is overseeing the development of what he thinks is a weapon. And he's right, it is going to be a weapon in both instances, but not the one they thought they were going to get. I'd also like to add one of the other requirements that we talked about is making sure that this thing has defensive properties. Not only can mm -hmm. you act like a person, but, and maybe some offensive properties like flamethrower and missiles, like you said, but we also got to make sure that it can withstand some bullets. It can withstand some fire, some fight. And, and you know, really a, a could be a long list of potentially threatening things, and, you know, beyond bullets. There could be, and, you know, we'll, we'll get into this in bonus episode, what if, again, that's what if without the ellipsis, if you're listening, Marvel, um, that, you know, things can happen along the way that, mm -hmm. you know, threaten it, whatever careful designs you've come up with. Um, you know, the as, as John Lennon has famously been quoted uh, as saying, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. So mm -hmm. we'll get into those those different scenarios, things that could affect the development. But <clears throat> let's get into the design. And I know we've talked about some of the design aspects previously, you know, we, we've talked about, you know, avoiding chafing, for example, that's yep. been a big issue. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I want to focus first on Tales of Suspense, Iron Man, because it's a little bit simpler. Mm -hmm. There's no software. So my question for Carl to, to start us off with this design, mm -hmm. given the medal that he was given by Wong Chu. Yes. And given the basic tooling that he had, yes, are you convinced that the actual design that they came up with in the comics fits the things that Tony was given to work with, or do you think that there's a better design out there that 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 could improve on what's actually in the books? Well, <clears throat> I think that's a two part question, right? Just because if we're gonna go back to the tales of suspense with Ho Yin Se. And, you know, Tony, like we established in early episodes, his priority is to survive, right? And his priority is to get out. <clears throat> and so... Got to get back to Malibu. Precisely, right? And so there's not even a thought about like, oh, there's a better version, right? It's like, this is the shot, right? I need to build this thing and it needs to achieve this. You know what? I didn't ask the right question. I'm going to ask a different question, but I think it's going to lead in the same direction. Mm -hmm. Did... 
the Iron Man solution entails of suspense meet the MVP requirements? Ah, so, okay, I got you, I got you. Um, judging by the fact that, and this is going to be a bit of a funny answer, but judging by the fact that uh, after Tales of Suspense, they did green light, you know, the Iron Man <laughs> comic and the character, and he did escape, then yes. Oh, I love that comic book readers just became stakeholders in the Iron Man technology. Yes, they did. You see what wow. I did there? Exactly. Yes. Right? It's meta. You know, Masterful. That, so deep, so deep. <laughs> but, it's, I feel like... Um, Will Farrell playing uh, James Lipton. <laughs> Masterful. <laughs> Does that make an all-powerful deity a stakeholder in our own lives? Ooh. Something to chew on. Well, I, I, I would say that mm. the all-powerful deity is, is you know, being a creator is the project sponsor. Yes. Of your life. He's also probably the developer. <laughs> he's, he's doing all of the hardware and the coding. That's correct. All the good stuff right there. And so I would it say- was, It was Ed McMahon. That was the name I was trying to think of in the previous episode. Oh, it was Ed McMahon? Yeah. Oh, that was ah. You are correct, sir. <laughs> yes. And so I think, I think from that standpoint, yes, right? Like it did meet the MVP. It did what it had to because at the end of the day- he escaped, right? Ho Yin Sen did not escape. He didn't make it, but Tony did. Right? I think Ho Yin Sen, his his MVP was different, right? Because mm -hmm. in his MVP, he also was supposed to survive. Yes. So his MVP did not get met. Tony's, however, I agree. He escaped. He he made it out. Exactly. And this is just the nineteen, like yeah, the Tales of Suspense one. Yes, that's exactly it. I f again feel like Will Ferrell playing James Lipton for Zaheen's answer. Masterful. <laughs> so now let's switch gears to the 2008. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> we've talked about the, the differences in the contexts, you know, the, the conditions under which these requirements came about mm -hmm. for movie Tony Stark as opposed to comic book Tony Stark. Um, but there are enough similarities that they, they sort of came up with the same basic physical design of the Iron Man armor. Yep. And I think, Carl, you're arguing that post hoc, the fact that he does survive means that the MVP was achieved. Yes, yes. Because from what we talked about in the early episodes, right? Like he has two constraints against him. They're both time, but they're in different flavors, right? So the first is that he has the shrapnel going to his heart, which, you know, according to them is like, hey, buddy, within seven days, you're done. <clears throat> that's it, right? So it's like, hey, I'll do it in eight days. Not, and that's really not acceptable for you because you're dead on the seventh, right? And then the second one, too, is since we're talking about 2008, <clears throat> we're talking about um, Raza, right? And so Tony- Not, no not Riza from the oh, Wu-Tang. No, of course not, because that would be, be completely different. <laughs> By the way, I, I want to see both the the Marvel Cinematic Horror Universe of The Ring, where Tony watches the video and is going to die in seven days that Zaheen referenced. I also want to see the Wu-Tang Marvel Cinematic Universe with RZA as the warlord. I can, I can just imagine mm. how mad Tony would be. Man, seven days again? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't I get out the first time? would be like, I thought I learned my lesson. <laughs> and, and is Tony really in a position to be complaining about anything? As we as we've discussed, mm, you, yeah. fortune has smiled up until that moment. No, <laughs> you know, as, <laughs> right? as as Montgomery Burns would have said on The Simpsons, Dame Fortune hugged Tony Stark <laughs> into her sweet perfume bosom, <laughs> over and over, over and over. <laughs> yeah, until he had seven days to live because of homing and tunneling shrapnel. <clears throat> exactly right. One of Wang Shu's specialties in Smart 1963, shrapnel. and now wrestler by day. 
Military technician by, by night. <laughs> and so with all of this magic that we're having here, right? Like he has the constraint of time, right? And it's and the way I'm looking at it, it's it's two flavors, right? It's the fact that the shrapnel will reach his heart in seven days and kill him. And then there's also the second constraint of, okay, if I finish making the weapons for this guy, he's going to kill me too, right? So if I finish that in five days, there's no reason for him to keep me alive for the other two, right? And so with those constraints, <clears throat> like that's that's the chief thing he's going against. Yeah, there's resources, there's that triangle, right? The resources, right? The scope oh, the and the time. foreshadowing of episode five. Yes, it is, my guy. Just dropping in some Triforce goodies here and there, right? But- you know, the big thing, though, is because of that, then ultimately his MVP is, hey, I need something that's going to get me out in seven days, right, so that I can survive this and get somewhere where they can take care of this. And so given the fact that he escaped the cave, then yes, like, I think the MVP definitely did his job. Zaheen. I completely agree. You know, in the last episode, we talked, the first requirement that we sort of put down was survival. That's his primary goal. Carl, you bring up a good point that it's survival in both ways. It's survival in leaving and being able to escape, but also making sure this homing, tunneling shrapnel doesn't get to you. I completely agree. I would say the MVP is met because if it wasn't, there would be no movie. There'd be no franchise. And we wouldn't be here. So mm -hmm. good job on building that MVP, Tony. Yeah. Um, We're thankful. Yeah. <laughs> In building that MVP, I want to get in, into a little bit more of the details about mm -hmm. the design. Obviously, by having to mimic a lot of basic human functions, one of which we talked about was movement, this this armor has to be not only potentially form-fitting, but it also has to be mobile. It's It's got mm -hmm. to be extensible, which is a difficult thing to do with metal. So in taking the scraps that he's given... And yes, that's a reference to both the movie and the, the comic book. Mm -hmm. Tony Stark in a cave with scraps. <laughs> um, given the scraps that he's provided, and, and this is where we're going to lean into Zaheen's metallurgic skill mm -hmm. and expertise. How do you get the metal soft enough to fit around a human body? That's the that's the one part that I have a hard time with. Now, they they do show in the movie that it's it's clumsy, and in the book they actually show Tony falling down at one point because it's so clumsy. So it's not fully articulated, but it's got to be articulated enough that he can move. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't survive. So there's an element to the design that says I have to soften this metal, and I have to make it form fitting to my body. Which again goes back to our discussion of Ho Yin Sen as a secondary stakeholder trying to survive the situation. But it all, Tony's only building it for his body, not for Ho Yin Sen. So Ho Yin Sen's really sort of out on a limb there, hoping that Tony's successful. Zaheen, you've watched Damascus Steel, or what? What? No, what was the name of the show? Uh, it's called Forged in Fire. Forged in Fire, <laughs> which obviously makes me a an expert more so than the people who have actually been forging metal in fire for <laughs> their entire lives. I watched one season of a show on Netflix, so... You're what more you call of an, an expert ex than anyone else at this table. That's for sure. <laughs> That's true. Well, all I would say with regards to this is the amount of material equipment that it takes to actually, you know, forge metal and create something out of it. I mean, I don't want to go into, the, into how realistic Iron Man is, but... 
you know, you need to take a flight of fancy, please. Well, the thing is, you need a lot, right? You need you need an actual fire to heat up that metal because that's what gets it to melt, gets it to be malleable. So he can actually form that to his body. Of course, hot metal is very hot. And so he cannot test it while it's that hot. He will uh, die. Is that a corollary to obvious troll is obvious? Hot metal is hot? It wasn't, but it could. You know what? Now it is. We just put it out of the universe. You were here when it happened, folks. (laughs) That's manifestation. Yeah, I mean, so he can't mold it to his body while it is that hot. He will, if not die, severely injure himself, which is actually the opposite of our requirement of survival here. So, (laughs) So what he has to do is he has to heat it up, shape it, plunge it into the cold bath and see if it worked. And if it didn't, he has to reshape it again. And if you keep doing that, the metal can become brittle, it can break. So that's actually really a bit of an issue. Okay. Yeah. And putting it in the cold bath, that is that what allows him to then try it on? Yeah. So putting it in the cold bath, it's like a shock. It basically freezes the metal into the position that it's in. And I think it also adds strength to it. Any actual people who know metallurgy, I'm so sorry if I'm getting this wrong. <laughs> I would ju- I would just like to apologize. <laughs> please don't find us. Yeah, pl- please don't find us. I'm so sorry. I'll do better next time. I promise. <laughs> Metallurgists Anonymous are sending emails as we speak. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. All right. Well, th- forming into the body, shocking the metal into place is going to lead us to, into the next part of our discussion, which we will come back to after a short break. Hey, Manufactioners. Do you like what you're hearing? Want to join the Manufactioners Club and go deeper into the development life cycle of the Iron Man armor? Maybe you want to tell us why Wang Chu is a stakeholder or even add some requirements to the MVP. Join us in the Manufactioners Club on Patreon to get access to our videos, our discussion group, even bonus episodes and behind the scenes content you won't find anywhere else. Follow us on social media, too, for news and updates about upcoming seasons. All links are in the description for this episode. I'll catch you around the digital campfire, and welcome to the Manufactioners Club. We're back, and we have a certain amount of time left, according to the people in the room. I want to get into, and I, you know, we joke about this, but this is, this is a real design problem for Iron Man. What kind of undergarment is he going to have to be wearing so that when he's moving inside of this metal carcass, he's not ripping his skin to shreds? So beyond just the placement you know, the, and the original fitting of the, the metal to his body, once he's fully encased, he's got to move around and he's got to have something on underneath. So this is another element to the design that I think is very much glossed over both in the books and the movies because it's fundamental. So we, we joke about the chafing and the, and the underwear, but is cotton enough or do, do we, do we, does he need multiple layers? Mm-hmm. What do you now, think? I'm just going to make a note here as a woman, I do not know the intricacies of what comfort requires for mm-hmm. men. So I'm just going to step back here. I'm just going to, I just wanted to put that out there. But, but you sure, are sure. familiar with the term swamp ass. I am familiar with the term swamp ass and uh, I like to forget it every single time it comes into my brain. <laughs> just just like the word moist. <laughs> some just peop- like that. Some people were like, <laughs> and so 
So, Carl, now that Zaheen has recused herself from the conversation, Understood. let's you and I pick it up. Well, you know what's interesting? So there's so there's two things. Like, I want to touch back on something Zaheen had said a couple moments ago and then circle back to that, right? And so Was it about Swamp Ass or? No, it was it was, it was was a couple clicks before Swamp Ass. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so when you were talking about- By, by the way, I think that's a, that is actually a, a, a military term, a couple clicks yes, before it is. Swamp Ass. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm sure it's in a manual that I've never read that exists somewhere, right? But um, I just read it for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Your camo convinces me. <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, he is wearing camo. <laughs> Fact check. Yep. I can verify that as well. Fact check twice. And so a couple of clicks before um, the Swamp Bass, when you're talking about like the metallurgy process, right? There's something that's interesting in all this solution design too, as we're talking, which is that in Hollywood magic, right, the 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 assumption was, yes, like, the Jericho missile material is a perfect one-to-one. -one 100%. For putting on a human, right? So that's the when, thing. When you say one-to-one, one, you, mean, you mean the amount of the material? And not only that, but, like, the whatever, like, the material itself, right? Because the stuff that they gave him the Jericho missiles, they're like, we want another Jericho missile. And he basically used that to create his Iron Man. Yeah, that's, right? that's a hell of an assumption. So that's a hell of an <laughs> assumption, right? Just because from what Zaheen was describing about the process, right, you only have, you have a finite number of tries, Right. And so that means every attempt counts. And so what was interesting about that is, man, you know, how fortunate in this Hollywood universe, right, that this material for his missiles is also perfectly suited to be molded. It's almost I see like what you did there, suited. Yes, it uh, is. You see, it's, it's yeah. almost like how Masterful. it was just so so fortunate that he just so happened to have this brilliant Nobel Prize physicist. Or I don't know what kind of scientist Yin Sen is in mm -hmm. the movie version, but a brilliant doctor person in general. Yes, medical okay. doctor. I think is what they is how they they never like they never named his credentials, but they strongly hinted he was a medical doctor. Okay, okay. So yes, so so convenient that he has this Nobel Prize physicist or this brilliant medical doctor. Just so happens to be with him. It's one of those. He's just a lucky dude. What can we say? Exactly, right? And so that all ties together just because with all the solution design, right, one of the key, like, Zaheen had hit on one of the many things which was important, which was just that with the resources available, right, you basically have to shoot your shot well, right? You, you, can't, you can't afford to shoot 10 shots, yeah. right? Because after a certain amount of times, the metal becomes brittle, it falls apart. And so that's the kind of thing where it's like, with solution design, you got to imagine if you're Tony Stark, you're crossing your fingers and your toes that this stuff from the Jericho missile, you know what? Like after one or two treatments, you're good, right? And then that ties back to the cod piece because... We, we didn't even get into the cod piece. I love it. Let's get that cod piece. You know what I'm saying? Because let's, like... Let's let's try it on. Oh, yeah. Because we're going it's deep. snug. We're going but deep. But make, make sure it's cool But first. if it's too snug, then you're in trouble. <laughs> right? But then this goes into like one of the conversations we had had before. So it, it, per perhaps some fellas need a magnum yeah. cod piece? Yeah. You know, people come in all shapes and sizes. You know what I'm saying? So... Some people need it extra large. Some people need it small, medium. We hit everybody. Some people need big and tall. And they, they, you know we got they, them all. No one's judging. Nope. No one's judging. This we're is inclusive just, here. We're we're size inclusive. Here. This is it. Everybody's apart, right? Body positivity. Exactly. And so another thing that's important too is we were talking about the order of things, right? Like which piece in solution design would you build first? 
and this goes back to this ties back again to when Zaheen was talking about the metallurgy process, right? Because yeah, for us guys, we'd probably bid, build the copies first because we're, we're going to walk. But if that's the most labor intensive and resource intensive one, then that means, oh, we're making a choice, right? Like, are we building the copies first at the expense of the dome, the shoulders, the kneecaps, right? Like, yeah. And that actually goes into the concept of prioritization. You know, where do you get basically the most bang for your buck? Where do you want to start? Because that will give you the most value for the least amount of work. And it also, you know, the, the order of development also has to keep in mind that within the time constraint of the shrapnels burrowing into his, his chest, he does at that point still have the magnet in place that's holding, or, you know, the, or at least slowing the advance of the, the shrapnel. So he doesn't mm -hmm. have to start there, yep. which you know, might otherwise be an obvious place to start. But that having that already in place allows him the freedom to start with what we gentlemen would prefer be the most important piece, yes. which is you know, the, mm -hmm. what goes around the naughty bits. Yep. I actually have a quick question. Um, so the magnet that's sort of preventing the shrapnel to get into his heart, it's with the magnet that he has seven days, or is that is seven days an estimate pre-magnet? That's an excellent question, by the way. In both instances, it's it's not spelled out specifically, but it's again very strongly tied into post-magnet that he has seven days. So you've, in other words, he's blown up, captured, magnet in place, and then we learn that he has seven days to live after that's already happened. This thing is ripping, this shrapnel is like ripping through his lungs yes, then to get there. Like, it's going at insane speeds. He doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> I mean like, even even over seven days, like he really doesn't have seven days, does he? <laughs> because your heart's here, but there's, you know, you got your lungs, you got other internal organs. All right, that's just another piece of movie magic, I guess. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and, and again, we thank Hollywood for all the magic it's given us mm -hmm. over all of our years. Before we go to the break, interesting question mm -hmm. that has just come across the transom. What if in doing the design, you know, to, to sort of mitigate the factors that Carl brought into play of, and, and Zaheen brought into play of, you know, having only so many tries at, at the, the bit, what if Tony had a dead body that he could practice on? And I don't mean in a Buffalo Bill kind of way. I was going to say, we going, uh, no, that's where say, all are we, I was like, are we, are we going that way or Leonardo da Vinci drawing? Which way are we going with this one? Like, Well, saying if he, if, if he had access to a dead body, mm -hmm. he could, you know, practice if, if he had surplus metal, mm -hmm. big if, we don't mm -hmm. know that for sure. Mm -hmm. But if he had enough metal, he could practice on mm -hmm. a, a dead body without having to sacrifice himself or potentially, uh, you know, ruin the the design while he's doing it to his own body? <clears throat> that's an interesting question. Or you might say, that's fucking interesting, man. <laughs> that's fucking interesting. <laughs> the millionaire Jeffrey Lebowski. All right, sit on that. Hold that thought. Because now is a good time to step away, rehydrate, smoke them if you got them. We'll be right back. Manufacturers Club. For a limited time only, get your choice of a free, very stylish Manufacturers Club logoed t-shirt or tote bag. Tell us your size, because we don't know. Limited time only. Free with a subscription to our Patreon channel. Subscribe to the Manufacturers Club. It's delicious. 
Okay. It's everybody everybody got a good breath. We got a good break. So we left off with the idea of Tony having potentially because you know we're, he's he's captured by warlords in both uh, examples. So there's a potential for other dead bodies to be around. Now, whether or not you would want to be hanging around dead bodies, you know, and 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 uh, you know de- dealing with the the smells mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, associated with them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've, I've never been around a human dead body, but in one of my apartments when I was a young man, there was a dead mouse in one of the closets that we couldn't find for a week, but the smell mm. was like a thousand rotten baby diapers. That's terrifying. Um, mm. And, <laughs> you know, Tony, Tony has lived a life of comfort, so yeah. maybe he doesn't want to be around a dead body that much. I think. Especially, de- like... Yeah. Depending on the state of That's decay that this body is in. Because if this body's in like full putrefaction, yeah. it's it's not nice in that cave. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um for the video editing that we're gonna do after this, I want to have the word putrefaction and a definition flash across the screen. Because <laughs> we we just pulled out an SAT word, people. I, mean, Listen, I don't know if you were all we got a genius that. on our squad right here, Mike. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. What can I say? At least two. Putrefaction means exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> Not to be confused with defenestrate, which threw me off quite for a loop when I found out what it meant. I like defenestrate. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. It's, it's one of my faves. It doesn't doesn't come into play very often. It doesn't, but Pe- you, people don't get thrown out of itch. windows. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I've once defenestrated myself out of a second floor window in college. You were doing your own stunts at that time, my guy. That's what a happened? bad idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know, eighteen uh, year old me had a lot of bad ideas. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a lot of bad ideas. Gotcha. Um, but I live to tell the tale. That's true, and, and so, that's what's important. It is, and so what's interesting is. Um, this question, right, that came up about the the dead body, for lack of a better term, it's like a, our our own test environment. Ooh, ah. for sure. Right? Is this is this is this our test own, versus production? Is this our own staging or testing environment? Is this what we're talking about here? <laughs> we're gonna get into mm-hmm. development and testing in episodes five and six. So mm-hmm. that's 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 again. Carl's superpower as first strike might be foreshadowing. And I'm that's, telling you, I'm that's feeling what it. The first strike is he brings the topic up first. I'm, I'm feeling it. There, there's magic in the air. Must be like the Brita filter water I drink in the morning. I don't know. There's it's something. in the air. <laughs> um, Brita, if you hear this, <laughs> promotional opportunities. We're, oh, the, 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 the door is open. We are ready for business. <laughs> Hilarious. But um, that is an interesting question, though, right? Because yes, if you if there were another body there. And then, yeah, Zaheen, you're absolutely right. State of decay and like, is what's the size of the body too? Oh, 100%. Right? It's got like, to be something close to Tony's specs. It's got to be Tony, yeah. Tony size. Right? It's got to be Tony sized. And then that's even before we factor in, you know, the rate of decay like Zaheen was talking about. And if you got a dead body and like rigor mortis, you can't really like move the body around to test it around, you know, dead bodies in that state, famously difficult to move around. Would having the dead body affect the order of development? I say yes. Well, are you doing this in a universe where there is basically like a cheat code to how much metal Tony has access to? Well, let, let's 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 acknowledge Tony as genius, billionaire, philanthropist, playboy. Mm-hmm. Probably can spec out how much metal he's got. Because even if he didn't design those weapons personally, which the 
they sort of imply that he did. Yes. He would have some knowledge of the manufacturer, how much, you know, the, the metal went into it. I'll give you that, yes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even before he starts the design, he's going to figure out what he's got. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's going to take some inventory. You know, Carl, you did reference earlier the, the three dimensions of control, time, resources, and scope. Mm-hmm. Got to know what those resources are before you can control that dimension. So he's going to th- he's going to figure that out. But I, I say... With the dead body, you change the order of development, and here's why. Okay. Okay. The cod piece is the most personal. Mm-hmm. So if you are working on the metal on the dead body, that's probably the one thing you're not going to test on the dead body, because after you've put that on a dead body, are you going to- No, of course not. Yeah. You probably don't of course want not. that. Of course no. not. Never. never. Um, I mean, it's going to be bad enough that mm-hmm. all the other pieces have touched the dead body, but- yeah. You know, that might not squick you out as much as, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's touching your most intimate areas. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I think that would affect the order of development. But let's stay on that topic of order of development because I think that's also a rich vein to mine. After the cut piece, mm-hmm. again, acknowledging that the magnet is in place, so it doesn't have to be one of the, the first things you design. Where do you go after that? So... I just want to step back for a second. I actually disagree about the order of development because I still think the primary thing here is secrecy, right? No matter what, you're you you're gonna want to develop and build those the smallest things first because that's what you can hide behind rocks in the sand, wherever or in the bush, depending on your environment, right? You want to be able to take all of these discrete parts and that are small and put them in. So. You know, things like feet, hands, maybe even helmet, things that are things that are smaller, I think, would be the order of development, regardless of dead body to test on or not. Okay, fair, fair. Hmm. And just, um, you know, point of order for us in the future, if we could all, when we have a disagreement, introduce that disagreement as if we are Bill Lumberg. uh, Yeah, I'm going to have to go ahead and... um, disagree with you there <laughs> yeah peter's been really flaky lately um, do you want to do you want a cover sheet on your report <laughs> did, did you get the memo <laughs> to be, to, I, I, excellent point sahin and you know you did something really important which was you brought us back to the requirements for the solution design one of those non-functionals being the secrecy and Developing the smaller parts first as we're doing the design, are we at greater risk of running out of metal? Ah, oh, that's testing a really good point. On the smaller pieces. Something to think. You know, not not to say that you're that you wouldn't go with the smaller pieces first, but in our solution design, this is something we have to factor in. You know, is with our limited supply of scraps in a cave, if mm-hmm. we're if we're doing a lot of you know. Or proof of concept of building the armor with the smaller pieces, are we at risk of running out? To your point, though, right? Like you, you, you raise a great point again with the secrecy. So, would you, would you do the smaller pieces first, thinking of like secrecy being the priority, like you said? I personally would because okay. I then feel like, okay, I get the a. Those are also the most complex pieces, right? Fingers are complex, unless he makes like little mittens or something. I don't know. All of these things are small, complex. They require a little bit of finesse. So. If you can do those, then building a forearm, building an upper arm, shin, uh, quad, thighs, quads, parts of the body. Um, 
Knees, tailbones, toes. But building Mark. all of those things, it becomes a little more uh, a little more doable, I think. And again, because those are big, um, those are harder to hide. And and Marvel has missed a a marketing goldmine with iron mittens. <laughs> Why don't yeah. we have those? I don't know about That's that. Perfect for you you got to take something out of the oven. Grab your iron mitts. Thank you. <laughs> that, that first one's free, Marvel. First one's free. You're welcome. <laughs> but we're a goldmine of ideas. So again, sponsor opportunity. Something else in the design that I think is is sort of unspoken in what you just said, though, Zahine, is as you're building those smaller pieces, you also have to keep in mind that they're going to have to be assembled. Hundred percent. So, in other words, where you start is really going to dictate where you go from there. Because I would think, my opinion, if I build hands first or mittens, the next thing I'm going to build is the forearm because I have to have those things connect to one another. Yeah. And so, when I'm doing foreshadowing, unit testing of my armor, I'm going to put those two things together and be like, okay, wrist moves. Exactly. This is cool. Now I can replicate that with the other arm. Mm -hmm. And then same same order of operations for the feet going up the legs. Yep. So it's it's almost an outside-in sort of approach mm -hmm. that, that you're advocating. Yeah, I completely agree. So I think you're right. I think it'd be hands, forearm, upper arm, mm -hmm. and then test that out. Okay, cool. Once you know that, then you know that you have the joints and you can actually provide movement. From there, you can say, okay, hands, feet, forearms. Calves, Quad, quads, Qua cal <laughs> calves, calves, quads, um, calves, <laughs> and then quads, because you know you'll be able to do that, and then you can build into the chest piece. So then, question for you, right? Mm. So as you're as you're talking this, do you see like because of the solution design, right? Do you see all of this stuff like if you were Tony, right? If you were in the cave, would you be doing all this stuff sequentially, or would you be doing like in parallel? Well, you kind of got to do par in parallel as much as possible because you have seven days to do all of this work, and that is not a lot. Also, I think we should also think about the fact that, you know, our our sponsor <laughs> will probably want to know our progress. That's true. So we also have to think about what can we build that, A, I can hide, or B, pass off as yes, something yes. that can, you know, be a weapon. Mm -hmm. You are correct, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it, the interesting thing in the movie, we, we briefly touched about this in our last episode, is Raza actually walks in and sees the blueprints yep. for the armor. Um, so Conveniently the, provided drafting paper. And, and table, <laughs> pen, all, all of that stuff. <laughs> it makes it even more difficult to do what Sahin is describing, which is keep it secret because you've just left the blueprints out on the table for anyone to see. All right, Personal last, blunder. Last bit of design that we need to talk about, which is exclusive to the 2008 movie, because we talked about this in 1963. Software wasn't really a thing yet, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you know software was something that only ran on IBM computers that took up an entire room. Mm -hmm. um, but by 2008, transistors have miniaturized. We've got microchips, and there is actually software that Tony's developing as well. Mm -hmm. So. I, I will I will give you my opinion first, let you react to it. I think you have to do the software first. Why? Because you've got to have the idea of what the software is going to do 
with the individual pieces of the armor in mind before you can build the armor. Because otherwise, if you build the armor first and you're sort of retrofitting the software, you might limit yourself on some of the that coding solution. Another, yeah. let me let me say it a little bit differently because it's like you know I'm I'm forming the idea better in my head as I yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. If you do the software first, and you know we don't know what programming language Tony used, um, you know Ruby on Rails wasn't really a thing yet in 2008, so probably not that. Maybe Java. You know, I could see Tony doing Java. Was Maybe R, even a Python. Was R around in 2008? Yes. Yeah. Okay. But th those are scripting languages. Okay. Not, okay. not, not really programming, programming languages. Okay. And yes, we'll we'll have an active discussion board about the the, the, <laughs> the fine details of what a yeah. scripting language the is. The pedantic is like can't wait, <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> so uh, you know, d depending on the arsenal of programming languages at Tony's disposal. If he starts building the armor first, he might be limiting which, which one of those he can use. Yeah. So I think going after the software first doesn't mean he has to finish the software first, but I think he has to start developing the software first. You know what? I think mm. you're right, especially since we're looking at resource constraints. He doesn't really have, if he doesn't have enough to even really do all the testing that he wants to do, there's no way he's going to have enough to say, oh, okay, well, I've built this. Now let's see if I can retrofit um, some software. Oh, shoot, I can't do that. Well, I got to rebuild this or fix what I want my software to do. But he probably has like a good idea in mind of software functionality that he wants to get through first. So then, so then I guess then my question for the both of you then is from what you're saying, would his, would his order of operations for solution design be, okay, he has his requirements for his MVP, so then next step is, oh, what software can I write to achieve that? And then the third step is like, yo, I'm in a cave. Like, <laughs> what language yeah. can but I use? And then from there, figure out what metal, what body parts. Is that like, but or no? You know what? Actually, the way you mentioned that brings something up. Again, we have to look at the time constraint here. And we have to look at the fact that there's an expectation that he's built he's building something physical, tangible, right? So it's not like he can spend the first three days, you know, writing code and then the last four sort of building because I'm sure Well let, you know, let let's we're forgetting the other stakeholder in the room. Yense. That's true. He, he's got two hands. He can be building something physical while Tony's coding. That's true, but That's remember 100%. the quote remember the quote that you pulled out from the movie though? You, you mean, ah. I, I've got it in front of me. Yep. Might be more productive if you included me in the planning process. Aha, so you are correct that physically he is in the room, but our man has shut him out from the jump. Yeah, because I'm- I, Dick that, move, Tony. Mm -hmm. You know what? Likeable asshole, but not very <laughs> likable in that moment. Exactly. But no, I think, that's a, I think that's a really good point because I think these things would have to be working in parallel somehow. He develops a piece of code, maybe, you know, for the hands. And he says, okay, I can start building the hands now. Tomorrow I'll do, you know, the rest of the arms. I'll do chest, I'll do, you know, in, in, in whatever order that he sees fit. Because, yeah, he, he has to be producing, at the end of the day, he has to be producing something tangible. So he has to be seen working on something tangible. Let's ask one final question. Which is? Is the software required for the MVP? It wasn't in, to get Tony Stark in Tales of Suspense 39 got out without any software. I was going Does to say, I think no. That's yeah. the thing. I was confused by that when I saw the movie too, because I went, man, like they had time to do this. Like you know? maybe, like, maybe and, because. And they had a laptop. Yeah, that was yeah. great. 
not only do they have drafting paper, but no, I, I think, uh, you know, he probably thought that that was his MVP requirement because he's used to things that are flashy and work really well and can do all of this cool automated stuff Mm -hmm. when in reality he just needs a defensive suit that he can move around in breathe in basically stay alive in to get out and then later iterations can have the bells and whistles um so i actually would say that software is not part of the mvp Mm -hmm. carl what do you think i agree with that i agree with that yeah so maybe maybe and you know, I'm I'm putting myself in the the screenwriter's shoes here. Maybe the software is needed for those non basic functionalities that the movie built in. You mean like the missile or the and the, the flight yeah, yeah. and the flight, yeah. Yeah. So you know, so something's regulating the temperature of the gas mm-hmm. that's going to mm-hmm. be used to ignite yeah. uh, or to to fuel the flame. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to, that Tony wanted to. Yep. To, you know, he he wanted to throw flame on people. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why software, but. Again, MVP? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. No, probably not. And remind me again, too, because it has been a while since I've seen the first movie, but, you know, one of the iconic things with um the Iron Man suit and, um, you know, the MCU has been, like, the HUD, right? Like, you see his face, and then you see all the input, and you see all the stuff he's looking at. And so... I don't believe the Mark one had one, right? Like there wasn't a moment when he put it on, they ever showed you his face Mm. and the HUD in there, right? Yeah, for for those of you like Sahin who haven't seen the movie, what Carl's describing is basically a heads up display Mm -hmm. inside the mask so that Tony's like monitoring levels of things. He's Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, potentially an infrared reading of something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you are correct, Carl. That is not part of the Mark one armor. Yeah, so then, so that's confirming, yeah, that's confirming I agree with you two about the software not being a requirement, like, for at least for me personally, I agree with the two of you, right, that the software wouldn't be a requirement, but I can also see where you're coming from, where, oh, like, yeah, for the flame or the other stuff, maybe that's where it was relevant. And, And another point of order for future episodes, when we all have an agreement, can we agree as if we are Bill Lumberg as well and say, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to go ahead and um, agree, <laughs> agree with you with there. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will say, though, if you, as a listener, if you guys don't agree, let us know. We love to hear other viewpoints and uh, bring 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 the fire. <laughs> yeah. Opine. Please opine. Yeah. Yes. That's a, that's, listen, you may not change our minds, but... We'll appreciate it regardless. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's 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 not about everyone agreeing like Bill Lumberg. It's about everyone being part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's what we're here for. Yep. Yep. All right, guys, that's, that's solution design. Where do we go from here? Well, we move on in our next episode to the actual development. Ooh. So, you know, we're, we're getting deeper and deeper. We've, we've covered a lot of territory in the first four episodes, but now we're going to get into the really fun part. Well, we've had a lot of fun already. Yes, but we have. We're going to get into, this is the, the solution development itself is where we get into all of those really hardcore details about putting the rubber to the road, so to speak, in Tony's journey to building the armor, both in the comic books and in the movie. So, we will be back for episode five. Same bad time, same bad channel. We are the The Manufacturers Club. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you want more behind-the-scenes content, you can subscribe to our Patreon. And if you want some updates, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks to Gotham Podcast Studios. Special thanks to Raul. And again, I'm Zaheen. I'm Carl. And I'm Sean. We are the The Manufacturers Club. Club.